Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Wake Up Mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle, 950 KWS. I'm John Marsh. Casey Burns in with us this morning. Good morning. Good morning, John. We're doing good. Our state representative, Rudy Veet from Cole County, in with us. And we were right on the money, weren't we? We know the guy to talk to about iguanas. Well, let me tell you something. It's an honor to be here, but it's a real challenging following Scott Vaughn, uh, who has a perfect <laughs> job. He kind of you know says what he wants, has a folksy attitude, plain spoken, and, and makes money at it. And so uh, what, what a career. Wait, he, he makes money at that? Well, he says I'm, he does. He I'm like missing he does. out on something here. <laughs> He has nice digs. Well, we were talking about iguanas falling on people's heads when they get cold in Florida, and Rudy said, I've had dealings with iguanas uh, well, in the Caribbean, right? In the bon- Bonaires down by Aruba, we, for many years, I went diving, scuba diving there every year. Now that I'm in the legislature, it doesn't fit my schedule, but we had iguana soup there, and it's kind of, it's available all the time. Would that be what they called an acquired taste, Rudy? Oh, you can make soup out of anything. It's what you put in it. <laughs> is that similar to turtle soup? It was more of a stewish type thing. I I had one bite or about part of a bowl, and that was about as far as it went. Not not something you were asking for the recipe for, so you could bring home and recreate it, huh? Well, then I'd have to get the conservation to stock them here first. <laughs> <laughs> then we don't want them falling out of people's falling on people's heads this time of year. Wow. So. They look more appetizing than armadillos do. Oh, boy. I'll take your word for it. We have a long history with armadillos on Wake Up in Missouri State Rep. Yeah, we do. Boy, Brian Howsworth, the the armadillo killer, which goes back a number of years. And Brian's famous story about hitting an armadillo that was so big, it got lodged under his car. And he claims it was loud enough to wake up everyone at the Capitol Plaza Hotel in Jefferson City. Well, but that's good. That means the deer aren't so bad on the road. That's right. The armadillos were worse. Well, state representative, right around the corner, you guys are ready to go back to the state house. Bill filing opened on Friday. Your thought on the upcoming session and what's uh, what's high on your agenda? The challenge that I think most representatives have and senators should have anyway is called self-restraint because there will be so many great ideas and things that sound popular, unthought all the way through lack of collateral consequences looked at but it's politically thing it's election year so who could be against it i mean who could be against the tax cut i did note this morning coming in i think the general revenue is down 2.5 percent and that doesn't take effective inflation so the buying power is substantially less and uh tax you know and we give uh, a lot of tax cuts and we have tax cuts uh, already built into the system uh, I'd kind of like to see the collateral consequences of what we passed before I uh, uh, get too excited about too many more tax cuts. If we have if we have excess revenue, give it back. You never want the state to have more revenue coming in and absolutely need because we'll find a way to spend it. But the same token, you don't just cut off the source until you see what 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 all who's going to who's going to cover what you, the benefits you're covering cutting. Representative, we have talked a lot about pre-filing this morning, and something you you 
that's familiar to you in the House is that Speaker Dean Plocker put a limit on how many bills each member can pre-file. Is that right? 20 bills or, or something? You can only file 20 bills per session without um, authorization from the Speaker for more. Do you think that limits um, the the productivity of the House? Do you think it it impacts it in a positive light? What What's your opinion on limiting the amount of bills we've got one of the biggest uh, state houses in the country with 163 members what's your thoughts on that well basically <clears throat> there's only a couple of them who do that anyway and if they have more than 20 bills they can have someone else do it but i hate to you know try to limit the number of brilliant ideas that are coming forward so you know, every bill is somebody's brilliant ideas. I hate to limit. I'm sure you say that with no sarcasm whatsoever. <laughs> we've, we've asked a few folks this morning, what do you think has the best chance of getting over the finish line at the end of session? And what do you think is least likely to cross the finish line? I think IP reform will get across. It should have been across four or five years ago before it became so controversial. So now that we've, we have ignored it and couldn't agree on something, we will come up with something. But however, at this stage, I don't think that people are going to vote for it. We've seen it in other states, so we're going to spend a whole lot of time. I mean, if they want to do an IP reform, let's do it and get it done with it. Take our shot. Uh, but I don't think the public is ready for it right now under all the publicity. State Representative Rudy Veed in with us this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. John, thank you. And Casey, you're doing a fine job uh, co-hosting today and appreciate you, Hannah, as well. Representative, thank you for your service. Uh, you, you made a very, I thought, very powerful point at the, uh, at the parade this weekend. You were on KMIZ and talked about how the parade has grown. So that was a, that was a nice story that we had. I want to get, well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Huge turnout, just absolutely huge. And I appreciate your service. There is a bill that your colleague, Dave Griffith, has filed and, and we don't know a lot about it, but pretty, pretty basic bill it's it's hjr 74 so go to the vote of the people essentially it's this one sentence uh representative a proposed constitutional amendment that would divide state revenues from gaming activities between public institutions of elementary secondary and higher education and the administration of the missouri veterans commission basically a one sentence bill have you had a chance to read that and any thoughts on that representative well i have read it and i certainly would never say anything negative about my partner's Mm -hmm. bills here in the county he does a great job covering veterans issues and that does give money to his veterans however i'm not a big fan of designated funds you know we started i thought we got the riverboat gambling and i thought that was going to solve all our educational needs and really i bet if we look at the actual money spent it's just taking money from one source give it to another we give it to one source then we just won't give it out of general revenue uh, i understand the need that the veterans commission needs a dedicated source uh but i don't know i haven't looked at all the collateral consequences i'm just not a fan generally of dedicated sources that's a way of general revenue for and that's a way of legislatures the flexibility to address the issues that need to be addressed gotcha i, I appreciate your time representative Rudy, what do you think about the the stock question, I guess, we ask you every time you're in, especially going into this session? The House was productive last year, got a lot of bills passed out, but uh, unfortunately the the other chamber over there, the vast majority of them, didn't make it through. Do you think there's going to be anything to look forward to over there, or is it just more election year politics? Well, we are Republicans and we're a majority, so I think we're above election year politics, but Yes, it probably will stale, stall a lot of things. 
So we talked about uh, getting IP reform over the finish line. I, I think you have some valid points there. The, the legislature can get it done. I don't know that it passes on the ballot, right? I think the messaging there is really difficult. Uh, what do you think... Oh, which piece of legislation, whether it be, you know, cashew chicken, whether it be an anti-hazing bill, what piece of legislation is least likely to make it across the finish line and onto the governor's desk this year? Well, I hope they're not mine. But. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to predict. You know, I've I started looking through the bills and a lot of them are just bills that have been around forever. And keep in mind, when I when I first came to the legislature, I had a discussion one night with Governor Parsons and about IP reform, how important it was we have it. And we, as we should have done this a long time ago before it was such a controversial issue, uh, realistically, you, you shouldn't amend the Constitution by 50%. I mean, the Constitution is designed to protect the minority from the majority. If the, if the same majority can change at a mere 50%, you're not offering a whole lot of protection to the minority. I think that makes a lot of sense. Now, if you guys will uh, entertain me, I'd like to switch gears and ask you about another subject really quick. I know you are a big, avid Blair Oaks uh, sports fan. And uh, I- I've become, you know, the more time I spend in mid-Missouri, uh, I've I've learned a lot more about Blair Oaks. I think they've got a great academic program, great football team. But I am from the Lead Belt. And uh, I don't know what it is in the water down there, but Central Park Hills High School produced a phenomenal football team this year that, in an upset, beat Blair Oaks and took them out of running uh, to go to the state championship. And just this weekend, uh, Central, for the first time in school history, won state in football. So how's how's Blair Oaks recovering from that, and what's well, the expectation for next year? You know, one of the goals of Blair Oaks is to be good citizens and community and let other people have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if I had been the, the referees at the game in Columbia where Class 6 went into a three-minute tantrum, I would have put them all, made them all sit on the field, just sit on the field for three and a half minutes and do nothing. That you know, kind of conduct is unprofessional. It's on everything. Where was that state of mind of letting others have a chance when they played the California Pintos this year, Griff? Or Vete, well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you also have to keep people competitive. You just can't give away, you know. Not hold people to a little bit of a challenge. There you go. (laughs) State Representative Rudy Veet from Cole County with us this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Rudy, your priorities for the upcoming session, things that are are high on your list that you you hope can move in the right direction. Well, there were four of my bills in Senate Bill 72, which was killed on the last day after it came through conference. And I and that senator are trying to take the parts out a bit and just put it in one bill. It shouldn't, you know, it's been passed through the House, the Senate, and Conference and try to get that through. Uh, one of the bills that's kind of challenging, it's going to be real challenging, is undoing some of the language we did in several bills last year. Uh, we had a redaction bill, which requires so much information to be redacted uh, in court filings, and that, so when it gets placed on the Internet, personal information isn't given out. But you at least have to be, if you're going to give a, a judgment, awarding custody of a certain child, certain visitation, et cetera, the judgment has to have enough information to identify the person. And so I've gotten judges calling me, and we, well, I've got a meeting again tomorrow, trying in some way to fix that because, one, the lawyers are spending hours trying to get make sure everything's redacted. 
It's in a provision in the statute that if you don't redact something, you can be personally responsible. So lawyers are redacting everything. The judges are getting judgments prepared for them, which you can't read. It's all redacted out. And if it goes on CaseNet, it's still all redacted out. But you got to have a judgment that's got to be able to be used, too. See, this is not the type of legislation that you're going to see promoted on Facebook, getting likes, getting signatures, <laughs> getting it's not, you know, the sexy piece of legislation that everyone wants to tout, but it impacts everyone's daily life. And so I appreciate you taking up serious pieces of legislation and, and working on things that actually impact uh, day-to-day Missourians. Well, another one is service of process. We we have a fund called the Deputy Retirement Fund, or not Retirement Fund, Deputy subs, uh, Subsidy Fund, where certain counties, they can use part of the money to pay deputies additional money. Regardless of whether or not it's constitutional, I get real questions about that because we already found judges, re- I mean, uh, the uh, Sheriff's Retirement Fund unconstitutional. But So now when you have a process server, he's got to go to the Sheriff's Office, Give him a ten dollar check. Get an affidavit. He's got. He's supposed to file it with the clerk that he's paid that additional money. Well, the file something with the clerk. You have to be an attorney for electronic filing, so they can't do that. So that's a problem. And so you're adding another hundred, two hundred dollars on every service of process, which there's got to be an easier way. When the vast majority of the processes that that are served are probably wouldn't qualify for that much of a. A, a dollar amount attached to them just to go out and serve. A lot of them are routine is and, what I'm getting it's at. Not, right? well, it's not the $10. Everybody, no one's opposed to the $10. If you had at work, you're going to spend 100 to $200 on process servers now just to collect that $10. The process servers, I've talked to them, they've been in my office a bunch. They're not opposed to the $10. Now, philosophically, there is a... Anytime you add court cost on, you're also putting a more of a barrier to access to court. Access to our courts is a constitutional right, too. State Representative Rudy V. with us this morning. Wake up, Mid-Missouri. Any, Ru- more, any more boring subject? <laughs> <laughs> I think Stephanie Bell probably had her attention for sure when you talk about legal, legal briefs and redaction and all that. When we come back, take a look at the stock market. Looks like futures slipping a little bit. When we come back, thanks, Rudy. I'm Wake you. Up, Mid-Missouri. Thank you. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Tell your friends you listen to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Wake Up Mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle, 950 KWS. John Marsh, Morning Bell, business news with a twist. Even more of a twist when Stephanie's in-house with us. Stock futures retreated after the S&P 500 closed at a new 2023 high following a five-week winning streak. And futures on the Dow Jones shed 90 points, about three-tenths of a percent. S&P 500 slid four-tenths of a percent. NASDAQ futures lost five-tenths of a percent. That was interesting, though, the shares of Alaska Airlines Dropped more than 12% pre-market trading that afternoon that agreed to acquire rival Hawaiian Airlines in a $2 billion deal. So those kind of things, kind of peripheral to the rest of us. Not the vast majority of us are flying either Hawaiian or Alaskan Airlines. But uh, I was kind of curious that the future slipped when a big merger was announced. 
That is interesting. And, you know, I have friends who have flown Alaskan Airlines and say really complimentary things. I guess living in, in Missouri and, you know, St. Louis no longer being a hub of any sort. I've never flown Alaskan Airlines coming or going anywhere, I don't think. Have you? No. No, me neither. Even being born in Alaska, it's uh, I'm not even sure Alaskan Airlines existed by that name at that time. But it's uh, yeah, it's interesting to see how that has effects on things that you wouldn't perceive would be something, you know, you would think a merger of them and, and a well-established Hawaiian Airlines might be a step in the right direction, at least, but in the perception of stockholders, but apparently not. It, it sounds like not. And, you know, we've seen a lot of volatility in the airline industry this year. So maybe that's a sign of of. I don't know, hopefully not bad things to come, but you never know what we're looking at going forward. Well, I think that gets a lot of people's attention in mid-Missouri, too, when you talk about the success of the new terminal at Columbia Regional and, uh, you know, becoming quite the destination for a lot of a lot of folks. I know both Stephanie and Mark Ellinger say it's it's just too darn easy to fly out of Columbia as opposed to going to KCI or, or Lambert. And Columbia having that direct flight to Dallas with the bowl game in Texas, I bet those ticket prices are about to skyrocket oh, right now. Yeah. Stay tuned, see if you can even find a seat on one of those. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You might want to talk to the big guys like uh, Dr. Dr. Moon Choi or somebody and get on the <laughs> get on the Mizzou charter if, if you can swing it. And I believe he's coming on tomorrow with I think that's guest the host plan. Scott Fawn. So maybe we can ask him if he's got got room on the bus for us tomorrow morning. Will Wheeler's up with us next. We'll talk to him when we come back on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Mid-Missouri's number one rated morning show. Uh, you might want to fact check that. Wake up Mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle, 950 KWOS. I'm John Marsh. Casey Burns in with us this morning. And Will Wheeler joining us this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Hey, Will. Thanks for joining us this morning. Will is chief of staff to Senator Carla Esslinger in the state legislature and has a background um, working in Republican politics for Senator Roy Blunt and others throughout the years. Uh, will, talk to us a little this morning about pre-filing, if you will. Well, good to be on with you this morning. I've uh, been able to listen to a lot of the conversation this morning, and you guys have covered a lot of it. Um, one of the things I've heard left out of the discussion that I think is important to recognize is you have 800-something bills that have been pre-filed now that we, we've talked about. Um, but the, the important part of pre-filing that kind of differs from the Senate and the House is in the Senate, when you refer the bills to committee, the President Pro Tem uh, has to refer those bills in order. So pre-filing the bills, what order you pre-file the bills in is always uh, super important. Whereas the House, the Speaker of the House has the leniency and the ability to uh, refer bills to committee completely out of order whenever they want um, and, and choose not to refer them at all. So uh, it's important in the Senate to recognize what those first 100, 
200 bills are because that's really going to dominate the first half of session before we get into spring break. So speaking of those first one or 200 bills, have you seen anything um, in your work in the Senate that has been pre-filed so far this year that you think will uh, maybe be the first bill to get across the finish line in the Senate or that will be the first to die in the Senate, either one? Well, I, I don't know what's going to be the first to get across. I'll go to a specific area that I think will dominate a lot of the first half of session, uh, which is I, I think will be the topic of public utilities. I think it's always important to note what uh, your leadership files. Uh, so in the Senate, the president pro tem, the majority floor leader, uh, the House, the Speaker of the House, and the, the, their respective majority floor leader. Um, and in the Senate, you have your majority floor leader and Senator Cindy O'Loughlin, only filed five bills, and four of them are dealing with public utilities. I think that's a good signal that something is going to get done with public utilities this year. And not only that, you go to uh, the chairman of the Commerce Committee that handles these utility issues, uh, Senator Mike Searpoy, and his first seven bills that he filed are all dealing with some aspect of public utilities. So I, I would expect something on public utilities to probably move pretty quickly through the Senate and make its way on over to the House, um, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Will Wheeler's joining us this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. You know, Will, you mentioned the um, the public utilities, um, in, in obviously the, that's getting a lot of attention in the Senate. It's not necessarily sexy for some of the, the news media, but those are extremely, extremely important bills, and they affect everyone's lives. Why don't they get the publicity some of the other bills do? The cash, the cashew chicken thing that's been all over the news statewide uh, all weekend. No offense to the representative that sponsored it. It's definitely newsworthy. But these other bills, they just don't get that much attention. I, I, I couldn't uh, tell you why. I don't know why. It, I think because utilities specifically are so complex. Um, I mean, you... you had to start looking at are you talking about utilities that are uh, administered by your local public municipality so the what california does what the, the city of west plains does that are all city uh, owned or do you look at a liberty and amarin or do you look at what the co-ops are doing with public utilities i mean you start there and then you start getting into specific rate hikes uh energy sources, renewables, solar, uh, nuclear. And I think because it gets so complex and, uh, and frankly, it's my generation that's part of the problem where our, our attention span is so short that if you can't explain something in a 60 second TikTok video, well, then I'll find something else to uh, talk about that I'll make sure uh, will catch your eyes and keep you scrolling or, or reading uh, the headlines. And if I may just follow up very quickly you you bring up a very good point about you know the younger generation stuff and tiktok but by the same token it is hard i'm talking about myself as someone who's been around that building for a long long time it is hard i'm just going to take one of Searpoy's bills his bill that is senate bill 739 that relates to solid waste disposal area permits that's huge especially with the with the you know that landfill they're talking about up in Kansas City that's really you know, that's one of a rare bipartisan issue but to try to explain that bill in a 30 second newscast if you maybe have 20 seconds to do it to really tell the story will and explain it in 20 seconds i don't think it's 
to do it fairly, and it's not even all that controversial, but to do it accurately, I'm not sure it can be done. I think you're exactly right with that. And, and that's another huge issue that I'm sure is going to take up a lot of time of the Senate this year with both Senator Mike Searpoy and Senator Bratton both mm-hmm. filing that as their number one priority bill. And like you said, it also has bipartisan support. Yes. You know, it kind of slowed down the Senate last year um, and, and caused us to have a stalemate right before we needed to pass the budget. But with that being their number one priority from uh, two senators of the same party that are maybe from a little bit different wings of the Republican Party and the bipartisan crossover, uh, I, we're not going to hear the last of it. So I, I think it's important that people get educated on the issue, though. Yeah, absolutely. The only thing I'd add is Emmanuel Cleaver as well, a Democrat, is very supportive of what they're trying to do, too. So, Will, thank you, sir. Will, give me um, some predictions or, or talk me through some of the things you and Senator Esslinger are working on that, that are kind of priorities for your office this session. I know uh, Senator Esslinger has a great background in education, and that's always been a passion of hers. Um, she is another legislator, like we've talked about today, that works with real issues that impact everyday Missourians, but she may not always... Uh, get the most Facebook likes or hits for for legislation she's working on. So so give us a little rundown of something you're excited about for this legislative session. Absolutely. Well, I think the number one bill that I'm excited about the most that uh, Senator Esslinger is partnering with Representative Ed Lewis on is really tackling the uh, teacher shortage and crisis that we're facing here in Missouri, uh, especially with making sure we get the next great crop of teachers uh, here in the state of Missouri uh, mandated uh, by the state. The minimum teacher salary starting uh, in Missouri is only twenty five thousand dollars. Now, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a school district that truly starts you at your $25,000. But some schools don't pay much over that, though. And, you know, Missouri is is the only state that borders eight other states. Uh, So that becomes an issue on all the edges of Missouri. So if you're, uh, you know, you just graduated from Missouri Southern State University, you're a proud Golden Lion, you grew up in Joplin, your family's from Pineville, and you have an offer from McDonald's county to start you at let's say $29,000 barely over the basic minimum teacher salary here in Missouri but Arkansas and Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders they just passed a bill starting teachers at $50,000 now maybe you can write off a difference of you know I'll make $5,000 left less to go teach in my hometown I like growing I like living here I grew up here I want to be here I can justify that loss It's hard to justify for someone fresh out of college who has their student loans are paying off. I had to make $25,000 less. That's where it starts to become a numbers issues and why we're seeing a migration of teachers leaving the state of Missouri and going to our border states. Well, talk to us about the senator's position on, we hear so much in the national news in the country about foreign ownership of farmland, not just in Missouri, but in surrounding states. I think for the average person out there, they think of China and they've heard the stories about Chinese entities trying to buy farmland adjacent to military bases. But the senator, I know her take on it was, is this whole process of controlling it more complicated than it needs needs to be? 
I, I think that's exactly right. I, I think you know we talk about complicated issues and trying to explain it, explain it quickly. Uh, that's one that gets complicated because I, I think you have to start out. What's the definition of foreign? You know, are we going to just let's say let's okay let's ban. China, just China from owning any sort of land in Missouri. But what happens when you have someone from Missouri that marries someone from Germany or the United Kingdom when they were traveling abroad, they come back here in Missouri, are they now banned from owning any sort of land in Missouri? Can they now not start their small business because we took away their property rights because someone decided to marry someone from another country and they still had their citizenship over there? I I think we have to make sure that one, as a Republican, I don't want to take away anyone's property rights. And two, when we deal with these complex issues, and especially when it comes to the national security, the importance of Fort Leonard Wood uh, and, and Whiteman Air Force Base can't be understated here in the state of Missouri. So we have to make sure our national security interests are always going to be protected. But we, we can't be reactionary on every single thing and make these you know hasty uh, jumps to conclusion that are going to impact everyday Missourians. Will Wheeler, you have done a fantastic job talking about uh, pre-filing and, and real legislation that impacts Missourians with us this morning. Um, one one quick question before you go. We've talked about a lot of legislation today, um, and you hit on the landfill bill, which I think will be a very hot topic in the Missouri Senate. If you have to say uh, your your gut instinct, yes or no, as of now, do we get a landfill bill through the Senate uh, before the end of session? Gut instinct, I say yes, we get it done. Probably not before spring break, uh, uh, but I, I think that's such an important issue. So many people care about that issue. Something will come to head. See, I'm I'm gonna go opposite here. I'm I'm gonna go with no, but we'll see. We'll see who wins out come uh, mid May. Well, you know what? If we got sports wagering past two, we'd place a bet on it too, Casey. <laughs> that's right. We sure would. Touche. Well, thanks so much for being on with us this morning. Will Wheeler from uh, Senator Esslinger's office at the State Capitol with us this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Casey, maybe in our, our last segment when we come back from the break, talk to you about some of your predictions on what's going to happen politically, not just in Missouri, but nationally in the next year. When we continue on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri featuring the mom. Here's a big old serving of leftovers. Enjoy. Offsides. Wake Up Mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle, 9.50 KWS. John Marsh along with Casey Burns this morning. First of all, though, before we hit all of our leftovers, our KWS one-for-one holiday food drive next week. Yeah, it's coming up next Wednesday. We're going to be going 6A to 6P. Uh, We're going to have locations set up in Columbia and in Jefferson City. Uh, All the information you need to donate is on the radio station's websites, as well as the radio station's Facebook pages. Uh, Tons of ways you can donate, and we're doing this with Commerce Bank like we do every year. Uh, We're helping out the Food Bank of Central and Northeast Missouri, and 
we had Lindsay Lopez with the food bank on a couple weeks ago, and she was talking about how this time of year is always hard for folks. Um, but you know, we kind of know the economy has been not the greatest this year and, you know, maybe a little extra difficult on lots of folks this year. Uh, the food bank is serving more people than they ever have before. So, 100,000 people a month, she told us. Yeah, which is mind-blowing if you kind of sit down and think about it. It puts things into perspective. Um, but like I said, all the information to donate is on the radio station's websites. Um, and there's actually ways you can donate today if you don't want to wait until next Wednesday. So Heck go yeah. check it out. But if you want, you can swing by Columbia Mall from 6 to 6 on December 13th. And we'll also be in Jefferson City in front of Buckeye, which used to be Orchelands on Missouri Boulevard. So feel free between 6 and 6 to swing by. Bring by your food donations. But more importantly, the cash goes a long, long way with the KWS one-for-one holiday food drive. So there. Hannah, you mentioned the the economy. the The president keeps touting how strong the economy is, how great the numbers are. Uh, Bidenomics, I I believe we're calling it. Uh, we've had a lot of talks in here on and off air this morning about how that doesn't seem to be the way um, most Missourians are feeling it right no. now. <laughs> I mean, I will say the lower gas prices as of the last couple weeks have been nice, um, especially for those that commute like I do. But I don't think it's fair to say yet that the economy has made this great bounce back uh, that the Biden administration is touting. I know, Casey, you and I off air were talking about housing prices and how it sounds really terrible, but almost kind of keeping fingers crossed for a, a, like a crash. Um, because for <laughs> folks like me, newlyweds, uh, we're renting right now and it doesn't really we don't feel like we're going to be able to purchase a home anytime soon unless something changes with the market yeah i the market is not only just moving so fast and so hot as far as real estate goes but that coupled with the interest rates um, yes. it, it makes it seem really unattainable for young people i know uh, millennials get such a bad rap well if you'd quit buying your starbucks coffees and avocado toast you could <laughs> own a home uh but my my parents never had to pay interest rates in in the eights and nines when they were financing a house like you or i would have to today well and folks that you know have been in their homes for lots of years they're not going to be as quick to sell and, you know, get a have to get something with a much higher interest rate. So the market's just slow. And especially in these small towns where your options are already limited, uh, it's it's crazy. You see houses going well above asking price. Yeah, and, and they're gone immediately more often than not, even even here in mid-Missouri. Well, and lots of houses never even officially making it to the market. You know, it's like you have to know someone uh, to even get a like a house in a lot of these small towns, you have to be tight with real estate agents and sellers, and it's crazy. There it is. That's uh, Bidenomics in a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Woohoo! Well, how how lucky to, are we? Well, we're waiting to see too. You know, if another shoe will drop with the Fed, whether they'll raise it another, you know, a quarter point or not. I think the last the last time when they examined it, they didn't move ahead on that, but. On the other side of it, OPEC last week coming out saying, hey, guess what? You guys with the low gas prices, we're going to cut production. 
Yeah, and it will be interesting to see these shifts also as we head into an election year. Um, President oh, yeah. Biden will be up for re-election. Um, and it, depending on on the economy, if it continues to slow, it is, in my mind it is, uh, between now and next fall, what changes will take place, what gas prices will look like, uh, all those things going forward. Casey, great job. Casey Burns in with us. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Up mid Missouri. Hey, tomorrow, Scott Vaughn's in with us, including Dr. Moon Choi from Mizzou. We'll see you. Gary Nolan next. Thanks for joining us on Wake Up Mid Missouri.